0: When they start giving out Oscars for being a guest on a podcast, then this guy is going to be the first one to pick one up. The person that we've got on for this episode, well, for the next two episodes, Mark Schofield, is somebody who really does inspire. He is somebody that, if you know him, you might not have seen as much of him lately, because as you're shortly to find out, he's been a very busy guy over the last couple of years. Uh, I've known Mark, Rob's known Mark, we've both known him for a very long time. And, uh, it's been an absolute honor to be able to walk him through his life and world according to scoff and to be able to hear him at his finest and to be able to find out things about him that we didn't know. And to just hear things that we did know again, and to be able to share it with people. Um, it's can be quite challenging to listen to some of the things that have happened in Mark's life and also, Pretty exciting and inspiring to hear about how he's dealt with things and the achievements that he's put together and just his general character and the energy that he brings into things. A chat with Scof is something that should never be done in a hurry, which is why we've been happy to cut this one in half so that you can have a week to think about what you've heard in between. So let's get on with the first bit of it. And so we're going to hear about Scof's life uh, up to a point where his surfing career is going very well. Uh, we will hear about some of the challenges because it, it's a surfing career that was challenging from the beginning. Um, and then next week we can hear a little bit more about sort of bringing Mark up to the to the twenty tens and twenty twenties. It is easily overused in surfing, but today, perhaps more than any episode thus far, it is surely apt.
1: We're joined in the socially distanced garden studio by one of my favourite humans, Mark Schofield.
0: Scope is here to talk surfing, health, golf, everything in between. Expect meticulously thought out theories, pointed analysis, and tales of plenty from a time of Welsh dominance
1: in British surfing. Welcome, Mark, to Crest, or should I say, uh, thank you for having us. In uh, your very nice socially distanced garden studio. It's an absolute pleasure boys and I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you very much and we'll of course uh, be hearing much much more from you shortly but first as is tradition it's time for me to introduce my co-host. To my right and looking like he needs a good bath is a man who has just returned from a week-long survival course. The program named bushcraft for beginners aims to take smooth-handed pen-pushing city dwellers and turn them into self-sufficient survivalists through a series of brutal challenges, the safety and ethics of which have been called into question on more than one occasion. But he's still alive. It's Tom Anderson. How are you, Tom? As you said,
0: still alive, still breathing, which, I, which I've been told helps. Yet, to my left, it's the man whose imitation trip, based on the tale of his literary hero, was short-lived. His attempt to recreate on Newport's River Isca the famous Congolese boat journey used by Joseph Conrad to inspire Heart of Darkness and later the movie Apocalypse Now, was stopped in its tracks when the first outpost he encountered was serving pims and Volavance, prompting him to stay the week. It's Robert Webster-Blythe. Better than normal from you. Oh, thank well, you. Well, see, this is where you first come in now, Scof, right? Because this is a weekly competition that we do, right? Over making up each other's intros. They're obviously completely true, but it's just, it's just to do with who's managed to find the best Little-known fact about each other. Rob actually currently leads me three-one for some reason. But I was hoping that you might give me the nod as the best one this week. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I think I'll go with you there. Oh, well done. There, three-two. Well, um, coming stuff. for you. Okay. That would
0: have been a big. That would have been a big swing the other way at four-one. It would have been no to get back. back.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah we are. Well, now in a, a slightly more serious tone, it's your turn, Mark. Dear listeners, uh, you heard in the intro that today's guests will be talking surf, health, golf, and everything in between. A curious mix, you might think, but not for Mark Schofield.
0: Yes, Mark has scaled the heights of Welsh, British and even European surfing. But the highs are balanced by what many, what for many would be crushing lows. He has suffered severe life-changing and indeed life-threatening setbacks in the form of chronic illness. But this is a man who also stood out in cutthroat lineups while still plugged into a dialysis machine nightly. A man who has smiled at his luck or lack of it and taken his lot on the chin where surfing couldn't be the tonic he is also found in golf a sport that allows him to channel his uncanny ability to be competitive with anyone and everyone including himself the buzz scoff derives from seeing the rewards of commitment are matched by his capacity for intricate meticulous analysis and methodological improvement (coughs) surfing golf poker the guitar the stock market talking you're not quite as good as me, Scove. Uh, each becomes a metaphor for each, with the mother superior wave riding the driving force behind it all. Once again, thank you for inviting us into your garden studio for once, uh, for what is a very socially distanced broadcast. And uh, it is socially distanced for very good reason, because, of course, we're, we're absolutely looking to sort of keep you out of the way of uh, the, the current health crisis at all costs, really, aren't we?
2: Uh, you are, boys. And thank you very much for that intro which is a little bit over the top no i don't know whether i'm uh, all of those <laughs> things but thank you very much for that i appreciate it
0: yeah and and i was just talking about the the lengths that producer dodd has gone to uh, in the garden today we've basically brought the whole of the crest garden studio here and it's fabulous it's a lovely informal setup we've got a bit of an audience uh scoff's son george is sitting over there um we've we've got the dog Bella, who might occasionally have to be sort of shouted actually just ate some of my cheese and biscuits before we started uh, Jane is here and a couple of others there's even a hot tub that some of the guests who are, who are watching are going to be jumping into in a little bit um, and uh, yeah we, we you know it's it's just it's all been done to make sure that that you know this 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 precious body of yours is sort of you know gonna gonna, gonna live to fight many more days, and I suppose that is that is something you're you're used to doing isn't it this idea of sort of you know the, yeah, that it's you've, the you've
2: done all this so I'm relaxed and not nervous that's what it is isn't it <laughs> i get scared in front of you guys yeah sad. yeah no it is important for me to stay safe I, I i have sort of been hibernating in the house yeah luckily with my wife well, for not, the past you're... uh I think it's nearly six months now.
0: It's a while. You're looking and sounding yeah, yeah. good though, It's great to see you. Actually, I think the reason why we go into all these lengths is because you've actually just come out of a period of radiotherapy having had cancer through the COVID crisis.
2: I have, yeah. I was um, I, I was pretty, pretty unlucky, really, that uh, I ended up with cancer at the very start of the COVID crisis, which was... Um, even from my standards, it was a little bit scary, to be quite honest with you, when, uh, uh, unfortunately, what happened is I came back off holiday uh, in from Tenerife. We were actually the last flight to leave Tenerife. The plane actually came over empty, took us back home. And uh, on at the following week, I actually go in to have my operation, which was literally when the hospitals were shutting down and the whole thing was just going nuts. So it was a pretty scary time when I was all booked in, I was all ready to go down, and uh, the surgeon came along and he had a real straight face, remembering I was literally on my own, there was no, there was no guests in there at all, well, no visitors, can't say guests, there was no <laughs> visitors in there, and um, the only thing I, I was, I was talking to George Jessica, and, uh, George, Jessica and Jane on the phone, and the surgeon came in and he basically said, look, if we carry on with this operation, you've got to sign to say that you won't use a ventilator because you are a volunteering for this operation Wow. so
0: and this is obviously we rewind to this long ago we knew very little
2: uh we knew very well that's why Didn't the hospitals we? they basically were shutting shutting the hospitals down and they believed that if you caught it you would go you you would literally be on a ventilator and i had to turn around and say look i won't have a ventilator chances so you know fortunately um, I did go ahead, we all made a decision and I did go ahead and I think it was the right thing to do to be quite honest with you as as this whole thing turned out. They sliced my neck out and put the tubes in but I was literally in hospital for, uh, I had to have a neck dissection and I went in on the Monday, had the operation Monday afternoon and came home at Tuesday at six o'clock, Jane picked me up from outside. And, the and
0: then became the became, began the 14-day wait to hope that you hadn't caught. And the then, virus while well,
2: were in. one the virus was, was the big one, and secondly, I had to wait to see what this cancer was and whether it was, was whether I needed radiotherapy. Unfortunately, I also needed radiotherapy, so my next bit of it was I had to then go to sort the radiotherapy out in that period of time. So then I went into Valindra, which you can imagine Valindra in the height of the the coronavirus episode where nobody knew anything about it. It was pretty serious again. I had to go in on my own and I remember sitting in this quite small room with uh, one of the consultants. She was all masked up, you couldn't see her face, I'm all masked up. And she basically said, she said it in a nice way, but basically she said, "Look." You either stick with the cancer and and hope it doesn't come back or you go for the treatment. But if you do have the treatment where you are having the treatment on your throat and your mouth, you will probably die if you catch the coronavirus. So your choice is cancer or coronavirus. Again, we're fortunate now we've got mobile phones and stuff. That was done with Jane and George and Jess made the decision and we made the decision...
0: To go for it.
2: And I must say it was um, you know the experience was pretty you know, I wouldn't like to have done it the first time round. For me this was a second time round which made it Yeah
0: because you had cancer before. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I had it before, I had it on the other side of my my neck and that time was a really rough ride on on it. So I was expecting to be really bad, but this time I, I sort of I got through it as well as I possibly could to be honest. So uh, no, it was uh, it was something that I wouldn't like to experience again, and I wouldn't like other people to do it because it's a lot of stuff. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, people people are worried about the virus. You sit there and you think, when did you ever think people would decide cancer was a better bet yeah. than coronavirus? You wouldn't think anything could be worse than cancer, would you? Yeah. And at that point, it is getting better, and people do know more about it. But remember, I was literally—we're talking—we're talking, in the we're talking um, uh, March the sixteenth, which yeah. is bang on yeah. that's, when yeah, that's when all the, schools when shut the world was going. Yeah. yeah, well, the schools are shut in and we're meant to be going in there. and, and Some of them the schools were shut
0: in. they were saying it might be for a week, it might be for two months, you know, Correct, yeah. so, yeah. so well, no one knew what was happening.
2: No, yeah. it, was, it, was a, it was a scary time, it was scary going... I mean, in fairness, the only good thing is the roads are all clear to drive in there and stuff, it was, <laughs> it was a nice run-in. <laughs>
1: this, uh, a this, of course, um, well, wasn't the first time that you'd had a run-in with serious illness, as we've we mentioned. Um, your first came when it could be said that you were at the, the top of your game, surfing-wise, and at the tender age of 21, I'd like to focus on that early period in your
2: surfing, uh, first of all. Oh so, yeah, let's
0: talk about surfing. Yeah, where did it all begin
2: for you, Skov? Yeah. Um, my 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 recollection of first deciding to go surfing was we used to skateboard. Uh, there was uh, Terry Davies, Bobby Phillips, and a couple of the others, Andy Price and stuff. We all used to skateboard quite a bit, and they used to have a, glide, a thing called it used to be called a glider fiber ramp down in Cozy Corner there and there was a ramp there and one day we went up and we went into what used to be the swimming pools on the seafront do you remember the, the concrete pool, swimming yeah, the pools, pools, pools the rock pool ones them, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. and the bigger one had a had sort of like a, a, a what was it, it was a scaffolding fence on it, sort was falling out of it they're pretty dangerous things really But and you could stand there and you could look over the sea and then you'd wait for the waves to break and stuff like that And one day there was someone actually surfing at Low Tide, uh, Low Tide Esp. And the two of us, or three of us that were there, decided we'd go surfing. So it was Bobby Phillips, Terry Davis and myself. That's how I recall it. Someone could recall it differently. But as far as I recall that, and that's the moment that surfing was, we were going to give surfing a go. I remember it was either... um, Bobby's brother had a surfboard. He was older than us, and he had a surfboard in the garage. Of course, the boards were quite hard and, to come by back then. They were hard to come by. Yeah, God, back there it was, it was. They big. were ten a penny, like now. They weren't all over the shop, and I can remember. Um, I, you know, I'm looking back now. I can't remember my very. I can't remember whether I had a board first of all that I surfed on, or whether I. I always remember my very first board was bought from. Um, your dad's shop, or used to be your dad's shop, Rob, uh, What was it called? I, don't, I honestly don't know. I have to find that one out. Because, Because uh, I know Fluff had it, didn't he? And then Sharky yeah. had it. there was Fluff. I think, I think Is it was Fluff? Fluff
1: And then my dad went in with him.: Yeah, and then I think my dad carried it on, and then they sold it to Sharky, or he sold it to Sharky. That's it.:
2: I can remember I saw my first pair of board shorts in there. I can't remember the brand, but they had their board shorts in, in like the middle rack and, and, and they were there. Anyway, the board that I ended up getting was a board called, um, uh, uh, it was called the Flying Fish. It was a white board and it was a single wing swallowtail. And that's the board that I very first started surfing on. And I believe it was a single fin. I believe it was a single fin. And that's the time that, that that I remember. I also remember my first my first wave, as in surfing the green waves. Rest bay, tied halfway in, caught um caught a broken wave and then it reformed. And I remember the sensation of it going from you know, when you ride the foam, it's quite hard to ride the foam, even for a good surfer. You know, and it's cause it's the the movement. Yeah, you and don't everything. have that control. You, yeah. you don't have any control. But as soon as you get any little do you know the green wave, the surfing it goes smooth. It's just you sort of you there, and I can remember that feeling of uh, of going. And I was actually probably the last one of the bunch to to actually ride the green wave, as they would say. I I was pretty, I I I was a pretty slow starter, really.
0: So by uh, the word bunch I'm assuming that you're referring to Brad Hockridge and Simon Towns. No,
2: no, no. I can tell you a real good story about that. I can remember watching Brad when I was in there there was there was Bobby Phillips, Terry Davis and myself were the main ones at that surfed. That's where we used to change in Bobby's house, which is on Seven Road by the school. He was his was the closest house. We used to walk down and we used to mainly surf the cove. We used to go down the rocks and surf the cove. People don't surf it as much now, do they? It's like a wander down. But that's but it where we It was popular
0: did. during lockdown. Uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it
2: couldn't be because he was out the way. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's where we surfed because it was the closest one down the rocks. But no, I can remember watching. There were two people, but I remember Brad vividly, and I have told him this. So I remember watching Brad catch a wave, and he got down from the wave. He got down from the wave onto his belly, and belly boarded in and got out. And I thought it was like insane how good he was. Really? I thought it was just amazing because I'm like wallowing around inside and he's there being able to see But it,
0: it wasn't long that you carried on thinking that of him though because your, your learning curve was pretty steep. And I think this is one of the things I find very interesting about you is that you've always sort of looked at activities from the point of view of how do I quickly reach that kind of that upper echelon yeah. where something can be done. And, and what? how long was it? was it? It was about a year before you were... A it was
2: around about that. It was pretty, pretty much. It was quick. I'm saying a year, probably a year, year and a half ish. But
0: and then you were I, a national. Champion. I
2: didn't, I didn't go out to be the best surfer. Right. I just loved to surf. You know, I, I, I would stay in, in, in the water from high to low. You know, I would literally be but in there from low tide to, to high beat people tide.
0: you to when you won that uh, nationals that first. No, thing. I. I, I
2: it was just, do you know, back in the day, it wasn't quite as intense as it is now. And it was, the the Welsh was an incredibly good weekend. It was a weekend that people went to, everybody went to. Even if you didn't enter, you went down there. You sat on the... The bits. I mean, Rob, you caught the tail end of it when your dad would go down. He'd be down there. He knows your mum and dad know exactly what I'm talking about. It was it was big. The car parks and stuff were full of people in campers and camping there, and and it was just an event. I went down for the weekend to surf, and I entered a competition. I didn't know I was gonna, didn't even know I had a chance at sort of winning it. You know, there, there was a I can't even remember the boys in it. I remember the boys in the final. And I don't know... Now, Brad and Simon could tell you a totally different story of this, but I don't remember them. They must have been there, but I don't remember them. I remember the final being Frenchy, great surfer then. Chris French. I'm going. And the Browns, I think one of the Browns were in it, which they were really good surfers. They were really good surfers. And I can't remember the other ones, but I, re- I remember that. And but
0: you remember Chris O'Connor...
2: Yeah, well Chris, you. Chris Chris used to take us down there. And probably it it sounds as if it was a bit harsh really, but but it was and I didn't take it as being harsh. And it was something probably that stuck with me as well for 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 always to be honest i can remember jumping in the van after i'd won and and, and that those days they had a proper ceremony uh, they still do but it was like a proper ceremony yeah, you would, everybody would, hang you around would, everybody would it, yeah. be hanging around it would be a big thing and 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 to hold one of those trophies was like really good and i, and I remember going up and and I, well funny enough, i don't remember going and getting i remember going in the van with it and thinking oh my mum and dad are going to be stoked like and he turned round to me and Chris, Chris, Chris looked at me and goes, you've done really well, you have, but you weren't the best surfer. <laughs> <laughs> and I I just thought, uh, and at that point it made me think that he didn't disenhearten me. What he made me do is I had to go back to be the best surfer. I always felt that by me achieving something made me have to do a little better because people will say that to you. So I was more concerned probably wrongly, I don't know, that people wouldn't think I was worthy of it. Now, some people don't care. They just think, oh, I've won, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, as we say, we ca- we caught the best three ways and we won. I would want to be the best guy that won. It wouldn't be, oh, you did well because you won so the... I think that way. speaks
1: volumes about your character and it's something that we hopefully will talk a little bit more about later. But you, um, there are a few names in there um, in the form of Brad Hockridge and Simon Tucker and you mentioned Chris French as well. yeah. And add into that list the likes of Karen Williams, and I'm sure there were many others yeah. that you would have, you, you did come to know as, yeah, yeah. as friends and rivals. Hmm. And as, like I said, I imagine there's an incredible amount of rivalry and subsequently perhaps motivation for you to improve
2: and to, uh, to
1: get one over on them. Was that the case?
2: Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it started to when, when uh, obviously, if, if I, I won the Welsh, then someone else. I mean, it's like, it, it's really nice if someone does really well, because then it motivates you. Mm. You surf with that person that does well, and so you, you, think, you think you can do well. I mean, there was a little bit, but we all surfed together. Yeah. You know, we, we did all surf together. I can't remember it being uh, overly, uh, overly
1: that period well, Overly the that way. must have been in, quite an... In I don't know, an intense experience because you're all such fantastic surfers.
2: Yeah, I I think, I think though, that period of time when the Welsh were dominating, and, and, and I mean we did, to be honest with you, I mean there's not many times you can say that if you won your club championship you'd think you could win the Welsh mm-hmm. because the people in it were so good that it wasn't a case that you could... You could just go. Oh, you know, it was easy round. It wasn't. There, there were just good people. everywhere. even people that didn't do, that aren't that I'm, that aren't known to be good were good surfers. Are you be just yeah. they didn't do they didn't do the right things at the time. But even the ones that were were were, were slightly below that were were still great surfers. You know.
0: And uh, you also had, I think, the kind of older guys in the club, sort of keeping you in check and pushing yeah, you and he, you you mentioned a couple of the older guys that looked out for you and gave you bits of advice. You mentioned Jeff Davis for one.
2: Jeff was always I always remember Jeff encouraging me, and uh, you know he he, he always would say if you were surfing well and stuff like that. He may have done it to all of the other ones. He he, he may have done it to Brad Sign. You know, you, you name it, the the ones in there. But yeah, he always I always felt that he encouraged me, especially Jeff did, and uh, yeah and, and your dad did funny enough your, your dad gave me really good advice when uh, I can remember surfing in in one event, and he he, he really it 's funny how you can take advice good or you can take it bad and uh, he sort of his his very words were when I, when I came out the sea, it was almost like you can do that really well, which is basically I was going to the bottom and then I was going to the top, and then I was going to the bottom and I'd go to the top, and if I got it right i 'd be doing re-entries and stuff down the line. And he sort of said to me, "He goes, you've got that wired. You need to vary it a bit. You need to do a cutback, or you need to do you need to do something." And it really hit the point with me that I did actually think, "Do you know I am sort of getting a bit monotonous here?" And that sort of improved my repertoire. You know, it was like as if I'm not just going to do those. You know, hit hit those, try and hit the lips all the time. But I tell you one thing. I think why the Welsh were really good at that period of time was there was a lot of things came together for us and one of those things was board design and i think when the twin fins were were big and they were they were big tailed the twin fins came in rather than single fins we had some of them some of us had a little fin in the back they were perfect boards for our waves they were perfect but everybody was using those same boards but they worked on our waves. Yes. Are you with me? It was like as if it was our waves. If you took them to France, they'd be rubbish. But our waves, they were good. And you've got, you had Carwin, you had uh, loads of the boys down there. Cat was another one. All of those, they could surf. Everybody was surfing so well that, you know, like the British team was made up of Welsh people. I mean, I, how yeah. is that? Yeah. But I believe it was the boards were the right, and everybody else was surfing the wrong board for their ways, and we were on the right one. So for a period of time, we sort of made hay with it. And, so Rest and,
0: Bay was like the kind of equivalent to, to, to trestles. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, Rest Bay. They, the boards worked. They allowed us to get through the flat sections. They allowed us to do it. We went really fast. You with me? We were like a little skate park. Whereas what then happened is, whether. The Aussies turned up into town, or whoever turned up, and they made the boards thinner. And they were harder to surf. What I mean by that, harder work to surf. They were just hard work. You had to be, you I mean, know, the moment much, you get yeah. up, you've got to go for it. Whereas with the bigger boards, you could catch them a little bit earlier, the ways a bit earlier.
0: Growing up in Porthcourt, going to school, I remember one of the great injustices we always had was that surfing was never on the honours board, you know? Never. Uh, only Paul Lovell got on the honours board for being the Argyle Young Sportsperson. Of Is here. that what he got? D- was he? Yeah, they didn't put the sport next to it because the school was down on surfing. Didn't like and it? It was, you know, it, was a, it had a bad image, um, and I remember in in meetings that that uh, surfers had with the head teacher of the time trying to. I remember them drawing, and this was one of the first times I sort of really heard, heard of you, uh, or knew knew of your. Your CV at that point, it was like, look, there's a European champion in this town. Yeah. And it was you. Did you remember that? Well, they didn't type?
2: really, i got to be honest, they never really gave us, I, I don't know whether it was because we didn't particularly want it, yeah. because we weren't, surfers weren't, like surfers now blend into to everybody around now, but at the time we were, we used to go to school with our air wet and just still <laughs> like putting clothes on that is damp. And, but you were a and, European and just, champion. Just yeah, but it didn't you know, it it, it, it only meant that to us, didn't it? It didn't yeah. mean anything to, to them. You know, from our point of view, it was the fact that in the chemistry lab, you could look out and see the surf, and if it was good, you get the hell out of there if you can. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing about it was, and you couldn't do it now, we had like a little scape routes that we knew we could go along the side of that one, go there, pop around the corner there and you could hop out without anybody seeing you and uh, brad
0: and simon they're in the same year group as you
2: they they were a year less than us they
0: were a year below so then so you had the you know this rivalry rob was asking you about and uh, one of those memories that you've got there is when you all traveled up to brim's nest together and that was a european well we somewhere.
2: traveled with uh, a lot of the time it was with brad rather than simon but yeah we went up to well it wasn't brim's nest funny enough that was for the european juniors right and brad was a was, is still a really good surfer, and he was a good surfer then, really good. And we were drawn, unfortunately, at that point in the semifinals, and we were sharing a room as well in the same hotel. I, I mean, I can't say, again, it didn't feel as if we were hugely competitive because these things didn't, the reward wasn't as great as people think they would be. The reward was your reward. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, you, do you get what I mean? I didn't suddenly get. I didn't it, suddenly get a deal, it, yeah. and and I've got my life is sorted, and, and I've done, which would have been beautiful if I'd won the European Golf Championship. I would have been sorted for life, but it wasn't like that. And you know that at that contest, we both knew whoever won this semi-final would go on to win the final because we were both. Well, we felt we were both the, the better ones to it. So. You know, if, if he had beaten me, which he could have as easy as I beat him without a shadow of a doubt, then. Um, He'd have been a European he, champion. He would have been European champion and, and off he goes. But Brad was always. He, Brad was the most consistent, I think, out of all of us, for sure. There were lots,
1: <laughs> lots more event titles to boot, and as we've learned, you weren't someone to rest on your laurels, even to the point of not feeling that you deserved something until you repeated the feat. Do any of your, your victories really stand out in your mind as being uh, something you felt
2: particularly proud of? Uh, I think there's
1: a, there's well, a story about I, quite I, big know, Derso, isn't
2: there? Durzo was always a nice one because it was good stuff. But uh, the ones the, the ones I sort of remember, I, I, I remember Jersey because it was good waves. Uh, funny enough, it was good waves and it was on more of a left, okay, and I was surfing against Paul Russell, and because it was a left, it was that that to me to do well against Paul Russell because Paul Russell was a great surfer. But in the final, though, and
0: Paul Russell is now an oceanographer, isn't is he? he? Is he? Uh,
2: yeah. I, I really, I, I don't know. I don't know much. But Paul yeah. Russell was a, was. We always remember him. He lived in Leicester, and uh, he used to travel around with his parents all the time. But he was a, he was a bit of, you don't follow golf, do you? But he was a bit of a bright, out. It always felt to me he was a bit of a scientist of surfing. You know, he knew what to do, when to do it, at the right time. wasn't particularly great, but he did the job really well. But he he was always, but he's a really nice guy. Poor, poor was. But the one that actually, that, I would say something that that always made me enjoy and still does to this day, enjoy competing or or a certain amount of it was. I was in the final of the British, and I believe it was Colin Wilson, other two Colin Wilson and Chris Gard and myself. I know those two were in it and I went down the beach, and I was quite young then because I had to surf. I think I had to surf in that because I was old for my age, and I had to go in the seniors. But I theoretically could have still been a junior, something yeah, like that. Yeah, have been your school year group. Could have still yeah, been a junior. Yeah, but I had yeah. to, I had to flip over because they wouldn't let me go as yeah. a junior. So I could still surf in the juniors. But didn't matter what I did, I couldn't go on mm. any, you know, British trips or anything as a junior. And I was really nervous going down there. And Colin turned to me, and goes, "What's the matter with you?" And I said, "Well, oh, I'm bloody shit myself, aren't I? I'm, 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 I'm scared. I'm nervous." He goes, "What are you nervous for?" I said, "Well, look, we're in the final. Aren't we, it's the main one." He goes, nah. The main one is all the ones you've got. You've got to pour effort (laughs) to get here. Now, you enjoy it. (laughs) You've done it. You just go out there and have a surf. And, you know, it was almost like as if you'd pulled the plug on me. It was like, you know, he's bloody right here. All I do is go. And when I played golf and I was competitive, which I'm not now, by the way, when I was competitive, all I wanted to do was get to the 18th hole. If I could get to the 18th hole, it didn't matter whether I won or lost. I had to get to the 18th hole. So I stood on the 18th tee, and as long as I got there, I think I'd made it. Look, I'd made the complete All the big course.
0: holes are behind you.
2: Well, I just made the course, haven't I? Yeah. You know, I'm playing against somebody, and I've actually made the course. It's not like, it's like I've a journey. Been, been beaten to at the end. end. And then I relax then, so the 18th hole is the one you want to win on, isn't it? You, yeah. you, you like, pull the plug on the guy. If you can.
0: And you, were, you also were about to tell us a story about Paul Russell before I so rudely interrupted you as well. You were in a final against him? I, that was that final. Yeah, it was, oh, that, it was final. that final. I think right. it was
2: that final. I'm sure he was there. Right. I'm sure, anyway, the ways are really good. And one of the judges, i tell you who it was, was Nigel Sammons, And he, he was a great surfer. And, and, Christ, these guys won't remember this, but I, I remember him and I always thought that if I could win and him judging me, that, that, that was a good, a good omen. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was when it was sponsored by cigarette people, that was. Are you to that? Yeah, yeah well, that now, it was a big you? deal,
0: yeah. Was it, what was it, uh, uh, American or tobacco, tobacco, tobacco. tobacco? Something like that, yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was a tobacco yeah, gold company gold
2: that sponsored it. So, we had a nice trophy with that as well.
0: My dad has also actually told me the story that you were telling just then about yeah. what he said to you. And, and he likes to try and take credit for an event in which he thinks you won by doing a... My dad describes it as a carve in three hundred and sixty, but I know you talk it down a little bit more modestly, don't you? But there it, it, was this event. Was it? Was it the Nuki Classic? I think
2: it was the Nuki the... Classic. Yeah, it was the Nuki Classic when it was originally the Nuki Classic, where it was like British people in it. It wasn't. It got like a bit bigger, and then it turned up into what it did. But it was one of the first Nuki Classics, and the surf was quite big. Yeah, and.
0: Adaptive. He's taking credit for that a A3, three sixty. Sorry, a three sixty. Sorry, I'm three. Are you pushing me? <laughs>
2: that's good. Yeah, no, I did doing a three sixty. So
0: you, said, you know, but you, but you, you did this three sixty on a decent sized wave, a bottom turn. You
2: yeah, it, you won the car three sixty. It was because the wave was so big, because it was quite big that day. Uh, the surf was quite big. When I did the three sixty, it, it, as it moved round and I was sliding the tail, because that's the way we sort of did them. It sort of made it feel like it was, it was a car because it was so... Because I can remember them coming out of the beach and saying, Oh, you did a car 360. And I remember thinking, well, I don't remember doing that. Maybe they'd mark somebody else.
0: But this interview uh, is going to have these high highs and then we're going to go
2: low lows. to the low lows. And it,
0: it was in that same event, the Key Classic, when you first started to realise that you had something very seriously wrong with your It house. was a,
2: an event in Key and we stayed in, I went down with the guys, who were the guys? I can't remember the guys now, I'm trying to think. Anyway, I can remember staying in the Lynx, it's still there isn't it, the Lynx Hotel in Yuki? On, on oh, that headlander? It there? is, the headlander hotel. Still there. Yeah. We stayed in there, and uh, we stayed in there as well, didn't we Jane? Anyway, with the, with, the, with the guys, and I can remember being in the event, and I got through my heat, and I remember being so tired so physically tired that I thought, I'm not going back in now. It was just too knackered to go back in. And I sort of slammed the board in the back of the car and said, I'm not going back in again, boys. And they said, you got through, though. I said, I'm not going back in. And that was the last time I sort of... It wasn't the last time I surfed in the event, but it was the last time that I could with... During that period? Where yeah. where where I knew my kidneys were failing, you know, where where they'd sort of, it had gone too far. So from there, presumably, it was... Yeah to the doctors
1: to find out what was causing you to feel that way.
2: Yeah, it was, yeah. In the Heath in Cardiff, wasn't it, love? Uh, we went to the Heath in Cardiff and, uh, I trying not think the consultant's name now. Yeah, so we went there and when, when we went in, I didn't feel I didn't feel super bad, but I was bad enough that I couldn't compete. I mean, you'd be surprised how much effort it is to paddle around course, and, yeah. and adrenaline Pretty is in, in a heat. But I'd either played a bit of golf or gone surfing, and I'd gone in and they took my blood and they came back and they said, Jesus, this is off the charts, you need to dialyze today. And I said, I can't today, I've got stuff to do. You know, and he said, no, no, you, you've actually got to go on the machine as soon as possible. And I said, no, I've got stuff to do, I can do it Monday. And he said, right, you, you need to come in Monday. And I went in Monday.
0: Dialyze meaning?
2: Dialyze meaning. Well, first of all, what they did, they put a subclavia in my, in my, in my neck, which is basically a tube that goes down into uh, an, uh, I'm going to say a ve- ve- no, an archery, just above the heart, and then they sew it to your shoulder where they plug the machine in to start with. They plug the machine in. And the dialyzing machine. Could have acts as a kidney. And, and that acts as a the kidney. Then it comes out. But when I had that done, I was so scared of needles and stuff. The doctor said to me, he goes, oh, he an awful low to you, didn't he? To Jane, to my wife. He said, you've an awful low pain threshold you have, haven't you? (laughs) And uh, because he was like three foot away. And I said, yeah, I can feel that. I can feel that. It was one of those things that it was like, I just wasn't used to being prodded around, really. And that's when I went went on. And it was a bad time then. Dialysing was bad then. It was a real journey because they didn't uh they didn't do certain things they do now and you would get cramp like you wouldn't believe because they're basically taking salt and everything out of you and it was just one of those things they just used to tell you to well they didn't really tell you to do anything just like suck it up like and and you could get serious stomach cramp and stuff and you were on it minimum of eight hours so it was three times a week eight hours and by the time you felt better you had one day of feeling all right, and then you then, then, then you're back on it. It so was a it was a ride. So hearing hearing that news that you're going to have to dialyze,
1: and I assume it was with the intention that it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. That must have been a real a real shock to the system in itself. Thinking of what an active lifestyle you kind of led up to that point with surfing yeah. and golf and whatnot.
2: It's funny when you when you're younger, you you well I felt that. I'd get through it. It wasn't quite as, as, as blind as that. My mother had already gone for tests to see that she could give a kidney, and she could. So the period of time that I was meant to be on dialysis was meant to be relatively short because it was her getting tested and they do Anyway, doctors going on holidays and certain things happened. So I was on dialysis about two or three months, which is much longer than was meant to be so i there, there was an end to that because my mum was going to give me a kidney, yes. so it 's always like the problem with things is if you have things there 's no end to you, you can't you, you can 't like focus on stuff so I was fortunate at that period of time to have a period where I could see that there was going to be an end to it, which was uh, which was nice, which was good, which in the end she did give me a kidney, and it was incredible when I actually had the kidney and got it. Unfortunately she's been really well from it. She's really well from it. Yeah. I mean she's coming up to eighty now, so she's lived quite a long time with um, with the one? With just the one kidney, yeah. 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 fighting and fit. I saw uh yeah, I saw no, Jean she's...
0: Schofield strolling down New Road the other day.
2: She's she's really good. I don't think she's suffered any uh, side effects from it at all. At all, you know, and, and we're going back quite a long time now. What are we going back? We're going back. We're going back at, years, at least 20. 30 odd years, yeah. Presumably um, the, kind of
1: the transplant system and everything that goes with it has changed substantially in that, that period of time.
2: It's changed loads, even, the di- even dialysis has changed loads. It, it's, it's improved leaps and bounds, like you, you, you can't believe.
0: So you carried on surfing and travelling again then, you got a second lease of life, you're back out there, you're surfing, but it was somewhere around now that you started to realise that you had the potential to be very, very good, as in we're talking to no, the decimal no, no. point sub three mm. at, at golf.
2: Yeah, well, no, I never I never thought I could be good at golf, to be honest. I played golf because, uh, i tell you why I started playing golf. This is a funny story, this is. I started playing golf and maybe the boys, I I don't know which boys are in the background, but it's probably, it's it's either Brad, Simon, Dave Tucker was a real influence on me when I was Simon's Simon's brother. brother.
0: brother. Yes, because he's a big golfer. Simon's brother
2: was, well, not just in the golf, even surfing. I was very friendly with Dave, so a lot of the time, and it's quite sad really, a lot of us will miss Dave out and Dave was always there, Mm -hmm. Dave Tucker was always there, and Dave could have been there. Anyway, my old man had some golf clubs and we changed and I, I held club cack-handed the club cack handed, and my mum's garden has got, it goes out onto like a, like I'm saying, it's a playing field now, obviously, but it, it went on to nothing. You could just do, and I stood there, and I whacked the crap out of this golf ball, and it flew miles, and I thought it was literally, I can do this, well, I can play golf. That's a, that's really easy, and that really got got us sort of hooked. It was me and Dave actually that got the, got the bug, but. Don't get me wrong, I didn't find it easy, I practiced. I, 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 in golf, I like the practice. I like the practice, I even enjoy, or I used to enjoy the practice of playing golf, to the point that I prefer to practice sometimes and actually play, so I enjoyed that. So the grind is good, some people don't, they just prefer but, but playing. But you did
0: basically decide that you've gotten good at surfing, there wasn't a huge amount of money in it, if you can get good at this, I wouldn't say, you're well, gonna be quids in.
2: I probably dreamt that I would, because I was quite young then, and <laughs> yeah, like we all did. 2.6, is that
0: that. Well,
2: I, d- I dreamt that I, I was going to be a pro surfer, like, and earn three quid a day, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, no, I, I But just... you did
0: win stuff at golf and...
2: No, I played okay. Yeah. I played pretty good. I mean, there's some really yeah. good people that play golf, and, and I practiced a lot. My biggest achievement probably is my first handicap was nine. So I went in as a single-figure handicap, which, if you ask people, that is a pretty good. And that isn't me saying that; that is on record as I went in at nine. So I went in pretty early, but that was through practicing. Yeah. You know, when I couldn't join the club because golf clubs are quite hard to join then, yeah. and when I couldn't join, I, I I would just practice it, just under the golf balls, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed but it. It, did, it was. I
0: mean, I've said this figure a few times. I feel like I'm on newsnight here and I'm yeah. trying to get. <laughs> no, no, it <laughs> is. To get rid I of did. Uh, is my lowest
2: point handicap cap was 2.2.6, I think it was. 2.6 was my lowest. I mean, theoretically, you're good to you, go in a. You in a couldn't. Major. You couldn't now because they've got better over the years. But at that point, I could have turned pro. Yeah. You had to be below three, and you could go pro. I'm not saying you'd earn any money. But you could go on the little tours and you could turn up and you could whack a few golf balls and you could try and get in the open if you could do you know qualify yeah. miles away
0: and go- going round a golf course with you is uh, one of life's great pleasures i have to say because because just watching how obsessed somebody can be with all the sort of nuances and details of golf and you often tell me that you see these kind of crossovers with surfing
2: yeah i i think all i i like to think all stuff does to a degree that with um with golf, one of the things with golf is is the the competitive side of it. I think the fact that it, I, I think that's a crossover with sport, and also how calm you've got to be. There's not many sports you can't get angry with. Yeah. What I mean by that is you can't just walk up and go. I hit a bad shot and whack the crap out of it, and it's gone somewhere because that's it. Your round's finished. You've got to always be on it, haven't you always be calm and focused. And you're saying as well, that, going for the next shot.
0: That like surfing. You can hit a dream shot like your best wave ever, but then the next day there'll be a tiny bit more next dew on day, the grass or the yeah. wind will be slightly different and that same shot is never ever gonna be Yeah, replicable. no. It,
2: although you play the same course, it is different all the time. You know, George will tell you that he plays and everyone is different. One day you shoot, you know, you think you've you think you are going pro. Next day you think, Christ almighty, I'd be lucky to I'd, I'd be lucky like, a golf ball. It, it is incredible how much it changes, but yeah, I, I think all sports. though, so, I mean, Kelly Slater plays golf, doesn't he? And a load of the guys play golf. I mean, it is one of those things that is that I think it's because of. I think it's because every shot is so intense. You know, everyone is so important. There's no, there's no now. And there's games within games. There's putting, isn't there? There's putting stuff. You know, I know Kelly Slater is a, is a big sort of one that, that works it through and stuff. And also body movement. Cause, yeah, that rotation. Because a lot of people don't get that. But if you look at the way a golfer hits a ball, especially nowadays, and they've all worked it out, it is the way you would cut back, the way you would do a reentry, the way you use your body to, to get the best power out of that manoeuvre.
0: And then there's this mantra that you used to say to us a lot and then... Uh, in the end it was quite effective in certain times within surfing where you'd say that you know in golf you just you know anyone can have three four consecutive shots that are as good as the top guys anyone can put one hole together
2: or you can put one shot together
0: i I should stop you 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 tell us the theory well
2: the thing is i could actually beat on on a day i I probably couldn't nowadays but on on my day i could probably beat tiger woods on a hole so yeah. I could theoretically beat Tiger Woods on a hole, but I wouldn't beat him all the way around. And and that that is a real thing for, for even when you surf, it is possible in a heat to surf three good ways. And your good ways will beat a very good surfer because he may not catch those three good ways. So as long as you put your three good ways together, you're in with a chance of beating most
0: people but then the top guys are the ones that put together the
2: top guys put it always together I mean a lot of them it is changing a little bit now but most of them will play like 80 percent I only need to do 80 percent and and then I do it a little bit like I suppose you know as I said as I bring it back to you know when you're in the final you let loose because you've made the final it's a bit like I'll only hit my driver my full distance and pull everything out of the bag when I need to do it. And I don't need to do it on that first hole, do I? I need to get round until I meet the 18th, and then I can let let go and, and thoroughly enjoy it. It is a good game, mine, for for mindset, really. And also, you compete a lot in golf. You compete even with your mates. Like, if you go out, you're always competing. So you're always, you know, closer to the hole. Uh, five quid on this, or I bet you, you know, the next coffee we make is is that so you're always competing we're in surfing I know you've got people and we didn't do this to be honest we didn't do we we didn't do this so we weren't as competitive as some of them are now the only thing we did that I reckon was really good as a team and this is all of us from Dave Simon we would stand on the beach and we'd tell the guys where the waves are going. Mm-hmm. We'd stand on the beach and we'd point and go, set coming left, set coming right, set coming in the middle, and we'd sort of help them out. I can remember doing that. So we'd be down the beach and, and, and we'd try and get get the guys through the heat and, and to whatever, you know, so we'd all do that. Where nobody seems to do that now. I mean, obviously somebody does somewhere, and they've, I mean, they've probably got microphones now they, they they do it, you know. So going back to the Scope
1: story, as it were, would, mm-hmm. would, would it be fair to say that whereas before the um, the problems that you found out about with your, with your kidneys, uh, whereas before that, surfing and golf perhaps enjoyed an equal share of your time, that after that, golf began to take
2: the lion's share? Um, probably because, I don't know, I could say that I didn't... I lost a little bit of the, the, the buzz for surfing. To be honest with you, yeah, I lost a bit of the buzz, and as I got better at golf, that became, you know, you'd compete on the weekend, and. And the the problem you got when you surf, uh, and it's probably the only time I have it, is FOMO. Yeah. It's terrible in surfing, out. isn't it? Yeah. It's terrible. Is it surf guilt? <laughs> surf guilt, it's I a surf guild. It. It's a terrible thing to do. Like even if I sat here and I said, oh, I think it's three foot over scared today, you guys would be sitting here thinking, is it?
0: Yeah, is it? It's you not know. three foot of a scale, yeah, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> that.
2: It's that twitch. And if someone goes, I mean, even when I was, you know, even if I well, not even when I was surfing. Even when I was older and I was surfing, and someone would go and surf the F and I was in rest Bay, I'd be worried the F was really good. Yeah. And the problem you get is, which I have tried to instill in George, you've got to enjoy where you are. Just enjoy where you are, because you end up surfing crap everywhere, because <laughs> Espy's crap, rest you've made crap because you think Espy's better. <laughs> you may as well just go, just enjoy where you are and get on with the job, rather than... Uh... You've
0: you, you brought George into the conversation here then, your, your son George is here, at some point we're going to try and see if we can drag him in and see, we, 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 maybe we can get a little heckle out of him or something, <laughs> some of the bits of advice you've given George over the oh, years... No. No, these are legendary right uh, and, and you know going around a golf course with you and George you're lecturing him you're lecturing me the whole way around uh, George you probably remember that time when he took us around watching the open oh know, that was good
2: though that was wasn't it it
0: was great and You were sh- every single sh- shot you would go right look at this what this guy's doing here look what he's doing here look there's the caddy with a notebook you were then, loving
2: life then I was loving life. Life. and
0: then but then you stop us off by the driving range and you go hey George here look you boys will like this one. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a golfer practice in that the driving range. That was
2: good watching the golf swing. And the
0: golfer practising in the driving range is called Willie Wood. You're like, yep, yeah, Willie Wood, Willie you Anyway, carry on. carry on to <laughs> all these serious stories. Uh, I remember the first time I ever played with you you, were, um, you. you went to tell me something about my stroke. I said, not, just let me hit one shot and you can tell me whatever you want afterwards. So all right, fine, fine, fine. So I hit the ball, topped it totally, travelled about a metre. And, and you must have waited like a decade to say this. <laughs> <laughs> said, I'll tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. You're standing too close to the ball. After you hit it. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but the most famous of all of these that's continued to do the rounds is the famous one pound sixty a metre quote. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to it's tell us? It's funny that, that is.
2: It's that's more that's really funny. Than you, it, Tom always remembers this. I can remember him bringing. It, I sort of said it really flippantly. It just like came out. We were at the Welsh. At, well, we're That's at the it, wells, bad. and George was. Uh, <laughs> Here uh, comes
0: the heckles. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's it. and um, it still hurts George, George was sure. surfing the heat. Funny, it was by the. It's, it's a pipe that comes the down. There's right, a pipe front that, front that comes pipe. out. Yeah, yeah. and it was quite high tide, and he, he he was in one of his heats. And I think it cost what? Four like thing. It was probably
0: the under tens or something. It was like
2: a fiver to <laughs> no. enter or ten to enter. It was a ten to enter. So I'm sitting on the beach watching him. And he must have gone on the whole, in the whole heat, he must have stood up and gone about four metres. If that, the board is almost longer than he travelled along the way. And, and I thought, when he came out, I said, Jesus Christ, George, that cost me about £1.60 a bloody, a metre. <laughs> that did. And Tom happened to be there and he thought it was really funny. Yeah. Where I was just flipping, it was just a flipper. I never
0: lived it down. I know, I've never forgot. I, I took George on his first ever trip away, you know, his first ever trip without his dad. I took him to Pembroke.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: A fiver he had for lunch. I yeah. thought, oh, George, he's giving you a fiver for lunch, you know. petrol you know, no, money. That was well, that was it. You know you know the price of these burger vans yeah. down Pembroke? I was going, no, oh, I think I had to top him up with a yeah, couple of quid, the- quid myself. And I dropped him back off, and you said, You've given him that petrol money now, George. <laughs> I think he was sent to Ben Cramden, isn't he? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> Sp- anyway. Spent
0: his petrol money on
2: lunch. <laughs> no, it was funny that was, wasn't it? It, it, is, it is amazing how we want, we, we try and sort of, oh, you can't, you know, as a dad, you, you obviously want your son to do as well as he can, but you can only do so much, can't you? You know, you can only do that anyway. Hey, you've, no.
0: you've done well. He's a he's a smashing kid, and he's uh, you know in or, in all ways. And he's got a good couple of big surf titles. Yeah, to his name and as he well, so.
2: and he can grow air, can't he? That's the and, and he thinks
0: <laughs> he thinks he surfs better than yeah, you. Father. Is this
2: true? He, he thinks, thinks he, he ser- surfs better than me. I've never. Do you like know? That. I think I think. Um, You're stirring the pot. Yeah, I I think. Do you know something? If you put us, if you actually, we we've had this discussion, but. I always think that if if I looked at the guys now, the the surfers around Porthcawl, I probably think they they would be they would be better than me. But I would like to think that if I had their equipment and I was them, I would be better. Well, we than had me. that conversation. But, but I the, think
1: the comparison that people often make about the seventies uh, Welsh rugby fifteen yeah. against the current one. No, and obviously is, yeah. the current one would beat them. However, given the opportunities and the training and yeah. the nutrition and goodness knows what, would that 70 squad hold up? Yeah, to them? Mm-hmm. they probably would.
2: They, they would. I, I would like to think that the people around here are better than we are. I think, but surfing, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, has sort of moved ahead of a lot of people in Wales, and and I don't know why that is. You know, I'm, not, I can't solve that problem, but it moved on, you know, from when we were there. I don't think if, I don't think if, if, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think if I was around now, I would be British champion, because I think the people elsewhere are better than, they've moved on, are you with me? As I said before, and I'll come back to it, we were in a great era for Welsh surfing, and we had great people behind us, PJ, you know, your father as well, you know. All of those people were good in the in uh, around here, and we had that. And I don't know why it left. I, I you know, I sometimes put it down to boards, but uh, but who who am I to say that? But I'm just saying that. Uh, I look and I think I wouldn't have made the difference. I don't think I would have been sort of, you know, you wouldn't have come round here and gone, oh God, you're British champion. You know, I, I don't think I would have been. And we lived in a good era. I tell you why as well, is we flew to. Uh, Australia on British Airways and we paid like fifty quid or something. You know, we didn't it was all paid for. We had wetsuits and we had tracksuits. It was it was banging. It was really good.
1: Hi it's producer Dodd here you don't hear from me very often. Cracking job by Rob and Tom there as usual. However, as Tom said in the intro, Mark's life story is just too interesting to be contained to a single episode. As such, we split this one in two and you can get the conclusion to Mark's story at the usual time next Monday morning. And as you've heard, you can never have too much Mark Schofield.